right now I'm, I'm from on Wednesdays at seven o'clock. We're going through the book of Luke, and it's Penn Tech, Jefferson Road, Northland, Minnesota. We're at Heritage Square, so we invite you to come out and get this notebook. But praise God, come and help us build a church in Northfield. Amen. And we need one. Now the title of the message is the cross is the sign of Jonah. The cross is the sign of Jonah. There's two scriptures that are in Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 41. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 41. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from you. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, the greater than Jonah is here. Now the religious leaders of Jesus, of, of Israel, demanded a sign from Jesus. The religious leaders of Israel demanded a sign from Jesus. Now, signs were all around them. Jesus healed the sick. He cast out devils. He performed the greatest miracles in human history. Yet these religious leaders in Israel demanded another sign. And Jesus said the only sign he was going to give them was the sign of Jonah. Jesus said the only sign that, that he was going to give them was the sign of Jonah. I want to say this. The cross is the sign of Jonah. The cross is the sign of Jonah. Now many non-believers today say, Jesus, show me a sign. Jesus, do a miracle, and then I'll believe in you. Do you think they will? No, they won't. No, they won't. The religious leaders have seen miracle after miracle, and they still would not, would not accept Jesus as their Savior. You won't believe in Jesus even if you see a miracle. Why? Because most of you, you don't want to believe. You want to continue in your sin. If you ask for a sign, the only sign that Jesus is going to give you is the sign of Jonah. And the cross is the sign of Jonah. The cross is the sign, the sign of Jonah. I'm going to show you the cross is the sign of Jonah in this message. But first, we want to look at the story of Jonah in Jonah chapter 1 and Jonah chapter 2. Now, I'm not going to read those chapters to you, but I'm going to use, point out scripture as the Holy Spirit leads me. In Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Isn't that what we want? We want the word of the Lord to come to us. And the word of, of the Lord came to Jonah. You know, and then the Lord gives Jonah a very specific call. And this is found in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 2. Arise, go, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. That was Jonah's call. It was specific. This is what God wanted Jonah to do. He was to deliver a specific message. Cry against it to this uh, to a specific city, Nineveh. Jonah was to deliver the message and no one else. That was Jonah's call. Now God calls or speaks to individuals. God does not call denominations. God does not call boards. God does not call committees. God calls or speaks to individuals. Now, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was built by Nimrod, and it was the most powerful nation in the world at that time. And it was enclosed by a great wall. And 175,000 people lived inside the wall, and 325 people, 
some 5,000 people lived outside the wall. So it had about a total population of about 500,000 people. And Jonah got the, the call and you know what he did? He ran. He ran. Can you imagine that? He ran. In Jonah 1.3 it says, And Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord uh, and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he came to air there and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. A specific call came to Jonah. And, and Jonah ran. Jonah ran. God told Jonah to go east to Nineveh. That's right out the city of, outside the city of uh, Masulok, Iraq right now. And Jonah went west to Tarshish, which is in Spain. Jonah ran from the presence of the God. God. Jonah ran from the calling of God. And I want to say this to you. Running from the presence of God, running from your calling, is never a good thing to do, no matter what your situation is. I want to say that again. Running from the presence of God, running from your calling, is never a good thing, no matter what your, your situation is. Now we might ask, why did Jonah run? Why did Jonah run? He was a prophet. Why did Jonah run? Well, he might have feared for his life. He might have feared for his life. He might have felt that the Assyrians would kill him. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian um, Empire. Now, the Assyrians had a, a reputation for cruelty toward the nations or people that they conquered. They skinned people alive, and they ripped out their tongues. Outside of Nineveh, there were huge mountains of skulls. And for those that the Assyrians took as prisoners or slaves, they would take them to the tin, and they'd run a rope through the tin and lead them around like dogs. And they kept the, prison, the, the prisoners in kennels like dogs. So maybe Jonah feared that he's going to get killed. Now, is it possible that Jonah ran because of the message God told him to preach? Is it possible that God, Jonah ran because of the message that God asked him to preach? What was the message? What did God ask? Jonah to preach, Nineveh, you're a wicked city. Your wickedness has come up before God, and you must repent, or judgment of, or judgment of God will come. You'll be destroyed. So that was not a God loves you and God is going to bless you message. That was not a God's going to make you a rich and famous message. That was not a God will never have a problem in your life message. This was a message from God to Nineveh, which said, you are a wicked city. Repent, or the judgment of God will come. How would you like to preach a message like that to the cruel, wicked Assyrians? How would you like to preach a message like that to the cruel, wicked Assyrians? What would you do? Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord. And the scripture says that Jonah went down to Joppa. And then he went down into the hold of the ship. And then he went down into the sea. And he went down into the belly of a great fish. Now it's never good to run from the presence of the Lord. It's never good to run from the presence of the Lord. Anytime we disobey God, anytime we run from the call of God, your life never goes up, your life always goes down. And I can testify to that. It is never good to run from the presence of the Lord. Anytime you disobey God, anytime you run from the call of God, your life never goes up. It always goes down. Does God ask you to go to your Nineveh? Does God ask you to go to your Nineveh? We all have a Nineveh.
Nineveh is whatever pulls you out of your comfort zone. Nineveh is a place that God calls you to that you don't want to go. Nineveh is the people who have heard Jesus deeply, and God hasn't even shared Jesus with them. Nineveh is danger. Nineveh is whatever you hate that God loves deeply. What or where is your Nineveh? Will you obey God, or will you run from God like Jonah did? What would you do? Now, I had a Nineveh early in my Christian life when I got saved. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to preach. And some people get saved and they want to preach right away. Not me. And I remember my first pastor, Pastor Raymond Blaylock, he asked me to preach. And I thought, are you crazy? I can't preach. I don't want to preach. You know, but I overcame my fear. And I preached. And I don't even remember what the first message was. But I got so nervous at the podium shook. My nose fell all over the place. But thank God that Pastor Ray prayed God and asked me to preach. And, and Pastor Ray did not give up on me. I don't know how good my first message was, but he let me continue preaching. And today I love to preach. I want to preach. I have to preach. If I didn't preach, my life would be very empty. And I would bear very little fruit. So thank you, God. Thank you, Pastor Raymond. Thank you for asking me to preach. That's my calling. That's my life. So Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. So Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. And Jonah decided to go to Tarshish instead. God told Jonah to go east, and Jonah went west. God told Jonah to go east, and Jonah went west. And Jonah heads to Joppa, and he just happens to find a ship going to Tarshish. He just happens to have the money or the care, you know, for the ship. Now, Jonah succeeded in his plans. His plans were going according to schedule. Just think of that. Jonah was on a comfy Mediterranean cruise, and he's going to the nice beaches of Spain, the nice city in Spain. Things were going good for him, and he could live a good life. Think of that. But sometimes when things work out like this, we can actually think that we're in the will of God, and we're not. Sometimes when things like this work out for us, we can think that we're in the will of God, but we're not. Jonah was not in the will of God. I want to say this. When you're running from God, you can always find a ship to go wherever you want to go. When you're running from God, you can always find a ship to go wherever you want to go. You know? And Satan will gladly provide the fare or the transportation for you. Satan will gladly provide the fare or the transportation for you. But, but no one gets a free ride on sticky ships. Eventually, it'll cost you dearly. Eventually, it'll cost you dearly. Now, Jonah had the money to pay the fare. And you know what? Money gives us options. Money gives us options. If Jonah had no money, he couldn't buy a ticket to Tarshish. So just because we have money in our pocket, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're blessed or that we're in the will of God. If we have money in our pocket, it means it might be easier for us to run from God sometimes. Sometimes it might make it easier for us to run from God. So Jonah found a ship. He had the money to pay the fees, but he ran from God. And then in Jonah chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, But Jonah rolled up the sleeve onto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. 
But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every one to his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, the like of them. So Jonah, where was he? He fell down into the sides of the ship, which lay fast asleep. Jonah was sleeping, and this great storm came on the ship. Jonah ran from the presence of the Lord. He got on the ship, he went down in the ship, and he fell asleep. While Jonah was sleeping, the Bible says, the Lord sent a great storm. When Jonah was sleeping, the Bible says, the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord sent a great storm. Now this was not global warming. This was not climate change. The Lord sent this storm. And it was a violent storm. It was no ordinary storm. It threatened to sink the ship. Now these were professional sailors on the ship. They spent their life on the sea. They'd been in many storms, and they were hardened to the dangers of the sea. But this was not a normal storm. This storm was sent from God. The sailors were afraid. The sailors were in fear of their lives. And I want to emphasize this. The Lord sent the storm. The Lord sent the storm. And why did God send the storm? Because of Jonah. Why did God send the storm? Because of Jonah. Jonah was rebelling and running from God, and God interfered and sent the storm. And I want to say this, the Lord was with Jonah before he rebelled. The Lord was with Jonah when he fled from the presence of the Lord. The Lord was with Jonah when he was in the storm. The Lord was with Jonah when he was in the belly of the whale. The, the Lord was with Jonah when he went to Nineveh and preached one of the greatest revival meetings ever recorded, and 500,000 people repented and sat flock and ashes. The Lord was always with Jonah, even though Jonah was running. The Lord was with Jonah all the time. Jonah left the Lord. The Lord did not leave Jonah. Jonah left the Lord. The Lord did not leave Jonah. The Lord is with us, but sometimes we leave him. The Lord is with us, but sometimes we leave him. At times, the Lord has to intervene in our lives because we're on the wrong path. At times, the Lord has to intervene in our lives because we're on the wrong path. And he needs to get us on the right path, so he sends a storm. You ever had a storm? You know, he can send a storm of adverse circumstances. He can send a storm of a sudden death of a loved one. He can send, send a financial collapse storm. He can send a lost job storm. He can send a broken relationship storm. He can send a sickness or disease storm. He can send a coronavirus storm. Why does God have to send a, send a storm? To get our attention. To, to get us once again to focus on Him. To confess our sin and rebellion. To put our faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross. And to go down the right path. Now as human beings, we're very stubborn. As human beings, we're very stubborn. I know my wife, Julia, she's very stubborn. Sometimes God has to send a storm into our lives. Sometimes God has to send a storm into our lives. Now, sometimes we shake our fist at God. Sometimes we're angry and we blame God. Why? Why, God? Why did you do this? And we brought the storm on ourselves. We 
talking about the storm in ourselves. No, the storm did not have to come into Jonah's life. The storm did not have to come into Jonah's life. It came into Jonah's life because of his rebellion towards God. How many storms have come into your life because of your rebellion towards God? I know that I've had a few. I've had a few. Now, another big question is, how far will God, how far will God let us go in our sin? How far will God let us go in our sin? Sometimes God will let us go pretty far. Sometimes God doesn't stop us quickly. Well, couldn't God have stopped Jonah? Couldn't God have stopped Jonah? Yes, he could. You know, God could have made sure that there was no ship for Jonah to take. You know, God could have made sure that there was no room on the ship for Jonah, even if there was a ship. God could have made sure that Jonah had no money. See? But why didn't God stop Jonah? Why didn't God stop us sometimes? And sometimes the judgment of God, sometimes God lets the judgment go on. He lets it go on in our sin. Excuse me. Sometimes the judgment of God is to let us go on in our sin until we have to face the consequences of our sin. I want to say that again. Sometimes the judgment of God is to let us go on in our sin until we have to face the consequences of our sin. Have you ever had to face the consequences of your sin? I have. It wasn't pleasant. Sometimes God has to get us to the point where we'll cry out to Him, where we're willing to repent, where we're willing willing to follow God's plan for our life. This is a warning. This is a warning. It is possible that you could go too far and God will not intervene. It is possible that you'll go too far and God will not intervene. Eventually God might say, I've warned you and I've warned you and I've warned you, but go and listen. If you want to jump off the cliff, go ahead. Go ahead. I hope no one ever gets that far. I hope that no one ever gets that far. If if God can bring a storm in your life, He can hurt others. Do you realize that the storm that you allow, that, that you bring into your life because of your rebellion, it hurts others? Do you realize that? In Jonah's case, the sailors almost lost the ship. The sailors almost lost their lives. They threw many of their lives to death into the sea to try to save the ship. But when we sin, it hurts others. And it can hurt our husbands and wives. It can hurt our children. It can hurt our family, our friends, and our loved ones. It can prevent others from being saved. It can draw others away from Jesus. You know, if we don't share Jesus with our loved ones, who will? If we don't share Jesus with our loved ones, who will? If we don't pray for our loved ones, who will? Who will? What if Jonah never went to Nineveh? What if Jonah never went to Nineveh? Would 500,000 souls have gone to hell? When Jonah preached the message that God gave him, the entire city of Nineveh repented. About 500,000 people. Would all 500,000 of those people went to hell if Jonah hadn't preached? I don't know. But what if you don't step out? What if you don't obey the calling of God in your life? How many people will go to hell? What if you don't step up? What if you don't obey the calling of God in your life? How many people will go to hell? Now we could say in the positive. Let's think positive. Let's not say this. We could say it in the positive. What will happen if you obey the call of God in your life? How many people will get saved? How many lives will you have influenced and helped for Christ? And I want to say this. What you do for Christ can go beyond your death. What you do for Christ can go beyond your death. Paul wrote, wrote to the New Testament. New 
touched the lives of millions and millions of people all over the world. What he did for Christ goes beyond his death. Right now, Gene and I, we are building our website, Jonathan Jesus, our, our YouTube channel. We have over 200 videos on there that I preach the cross and I preach the gospel. And I'm praying that I bear much fruit after my death. Those videos can go on after my death. And I promise God that I share the message of the cross with everybody that I can with an open heart until I go home to be Jesus. And I'm asking God to draw people to the Christ that's in me, not drawing people to me, but draw people to the Christ in me. And he's been answering that this time. Right now, I have about 20 sermons on YouTube that preach the cross. And, and Tim Sprint was going over those sermons via messenger with a young pastor from India, with a young evangelist and a sister from Pakistan, with a believer from Belize, with my son Mark, that Sprint was staying with us. And right now, I'm preaching over Revival Ministries, a network that goes all over India and Pakistan. I don't know how many people it reaches. But, but I'm teaching them the message of the cross. And, and uh, when I preach the Gold Leaf sermon, I, I typed up all the manuscripts now, almost all of them. I haven't been wasting my time doing this typing. You know, and, and so I go over with them personally, and then I'm sending them the outline, the manuscripts. So I'm praying that everyone I preach the cross will teach it to others. And that what I've done for Christ can go on beyond my death. So when Jonah was outside the will of God, was a blessing to no one. He was a curse. When Jonah was outside the will of God, he was a blessing to no one. He was a curse. If you're outside the will of God, you're a blessing to no one. You're a curse. If you're outside the will of God, you're a blessing to no one. You're a curse. So when Jonah was in the will of God, he preached in the city of Nineveh, repented. 500,000 people repented and sat up in ashes. 500,000 people were esteemed for the Lord. When Jonah was in the will of God. And when the great storm from the Lord came on the, on the ship, what did the sailors do? When the great storm came from the Lord came on the ship, what did the sailors do? This is found in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 5. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 5. Then the mariners were afraid, and they cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten, lighten the, of them. The sailors did everything they could do save their lives, their possessions in the ship. They lightened the ship. They threw valuable possessions into the sea. They even prayed to their God. God, not God, God, small g. That every man cried on his God. So they were crying out to many gods, but there was no answer. They were crying out to many gods, but there was no, there was no answer. You can pray to Mary, but there will be no answer. You can pray to Jet Stream, but there will be no answer. You can pray to Judah, but there'll be no answer. You can pray to Allah, but there'll be no answer. You can pray to the 33 million Hindu gods, but there'll be no answer. The sailors prayed to, the, prayed to their gods, small g, but there was no answer. If you're running for God, there'll be no answer until you repent and cry out to God in the name of Jesus. So when the great storm from the when the great storm from the Lord came on the ship, what did Jonah do? But Jonah was, remember he was down there sleeping, wasn't he? He was down there sleeping. So the storm came on the ship, the sailors were in great danger of losing their lives and their possessions in the ship, and Jonah was sleeping. Sadly, when the storms come, many Christians are sleeping. Sadly, when the storms come, many Christians are sleeping. 
Just as in old upstream shows, as anyone around there. Gathering in the storm's cup, vengeance is sleepy. And then old upstream shows, as anything, anyone around there. Some sailors, they had prayed to their gods and there was no answer. The sailors had prayed to their gods and there was no answer. And then they call on Jonah to pray. They call on Jonah to pray. In Jonah chapter 1 and verse 6, For the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call on your God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. Now the seamen had prayed to their gods and there was no answer. Now they asked Jonah to pray to his God. God, hear the prayers of Jonah and said, and their and God will hear their Jonah's prayers and their prayers. Now most of the time the world doesn't want our sermons. My son didn't come to church this morning, he didn't want my sermons. Most of the time the world doesn't want our sermons, but it desperately wants our prayers. Most of the time the world doesn't want our sermons, but it desperately wants our prayers. If they can live without our sermons, if they can't go without our prayers, if they can get our prayers, one day they might listen to our sermons. If they can get our prayers, one day they might listen to our sermons. Sometimes I've had to say Jesus to somebody, and they don't want to listen, and I ask them, can I pray for you? And sometimes they say yes, and when I pray for them, I feel the presence of the Lord come on them, and I know that they feel it too. I know that they feel it too. God touches them. And maybe one day they'll listen to a sermon, but we always have to remember the story. Even when we're out praying Jesus, the Holy Spirit says, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? So, the sea, as, as the seamen, as the seamen said to Jonah, I think the Holy Spirit is saying, God, arise, call on your God, for we perish not. That's what the world is calling out. Arise, call on your God, so that we perish not. They've done everything they can. They're crying out to everybody. And, and yet the Holy Spirit is saying, God, arise, call on your God, so that we perish not. Now, the Bible doesn't say that Jonah prayed for them, but I believe he did because they got some direction. I think they did because he got some direction. Now, in Jonah 1.7, it says, They said, Everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know whose lot the evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. The lot fell on Jonah. The lot fell on Jonah. Sometimes in the Old Testament, they would cast lots for the Lord's direction. But here, the lot fell on Jonah. And that was God putting his finger on Jonah. It was God that directed the lot to fall on Jonah. And God will only let your sin go so far. God will only let your rebellion go so far. And then he'll confront you, and the lot will fall on you. God will reveal your sin, and uh, he'll reveal that you are the one. He'll reveal that you are the one. What will you do then? It's best not to let it get that far. Confess your sin now. Accept Jesus now. Now, I want to encourage those that have a prodigal. Someone that's not saved, I have a prodigal son. And you pray for them, and you pray for them, and you pray for them. And you share Jesus with them. You've done everything you can, but they won't listen. Don't worry. Don't give up. Keep praying and keep sharing. And remember this. God has their number on speed dial. God has their number on speed dial. You can ring their number any time of the day or night. When God calls, they can't put them on call waiting. God knows exactly how to get in touch with each person. Here God calls Jonah, and the lot falls on Jonah. Now Jonah knows he's the cause of the storm. Jonah knows that he's the cause of the storm. And 
знает, как ты делаешь, и словно не действительно. Ведь это раньше сила, которая готова подняться против души, чтобы ты собрал
Israel demanded a sign from Jesus, and signs were all around them. Jesus healed the sick. He cast out devils. He raised the dead, and he performed many miracles, the greatest miracles in human history. Yet the religious leaders of Israel demanded another sign. And Jesus said the only sign he was going to give them was the sign of Jonah. And the sign of Jonah is the cross. The sign of Jonah is the cross for those of you for those of you that are not saved. You know, Jesus is still healing the sick. He's still casting out devils. He's still delivering people from alcohol drugs. He's still doing many, many miracles. And you've heard of these great miracles that, that Jesus has done. You've seen lives changed. Every one of you has seen a life that has been changed by Jesus Christ. Yet, despite all these miracles, you still do not believe. Yet, despite of all these miracles, you don't believe. So you're saying to Jesus, give me a sign, do a miracle, and then I'll believe. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't. The only sign that Jesus will give you is the sign of Jonah. The only sign that Jesus will give you is the cross. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the first scripture that I taught my son Justin and my daughter Kirsten. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God gave his own Son, Jesus, on the cross to die for your sins so you could be saved. And you must confess your sins, you must put your faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross, and you must believe in the sign of Jonah, you must believe in the cross. And that's the only sign that Jesus is going to give you, is the cross. Is the cross. Amen. So now, I would just like to pray for those that are hearing this message by a little bit in the Lord, everybody in the church, and, and uh, maybe you're one of those that have been running from your calling, you've been running from the Lord, and maybe you're unsaved and you don't know Jesus, well... Let's get on the right path this morning. Can we just use this prayer after me? Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. And I ask you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I don't put my faith in anything that I do. But Jesus, I put my faith in you, Jesus, and what you did on the cross. I ask you for the gift of eternal life. I receive it, and I thank you for it. Jesus, please be the Lord of my life and deliver me from all my sin. And now I'd just like to pray for everyone that can hear my voice. And there's been a great storm that's come on the world, you know, the coronavirus storm and the rioting and all those things. And I believe my nation's in a bad spot because of our rebellion. I believe this is a storm from the Lord. And he's saying, wake up, wake up. You're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. So, so I want to pray. But Father, I'm just really praying for anyone who's hearing my voice. And Lord, we need to get back to the land, the land. We need to get back to the church. We need to come back into the presence of the Lord. And Lord, for all I know there's people out there that are just depressed. There's people out there that have thought of committing suicide. Lord, there's people, Lord, that just don't know what to do. And the answer is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And I pray for every one of you. And I speak life to you. And I say, arise, wake up. You know, accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I, I just ask, God, that you deliver all those that are bound with alcohol, bound in drugs, bound in sexual addiction, bound in what, who knows what. I ask, God, that you deliver them. And then I just pray for healing, healing, healing.
sickness and disease. And, and Lord, I know that many out there, they've lost their businesses. They've lost their businesses. They went bankrupt. They don't know where the next meal is coming from. They don't know how they're going to make it through the rest of the trip. But I'm asking you, Jesus, to touch those people as they reach out to you. I'm asking God that you give them a new way, a new path, Lord. I'm asking God that you bless them financially and meet their needs. And I, I ask God that you bless every person, body, soul, and spirit, Lord, and continue their physical needs, their financial needs, and their relationship needs. In the name of Jesus, amen.